Greetings in the wonderful name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It's another day God has given to us that we can get together just to read His Word and hear what God is saying to us. We are so grateful for this opportunity. God has a master plan for the world, a master plan for His purpose. He has an idea or has a goal that He wants to achieve on this earth and it's a heavenly purpose actually. He uses humanity. It was his decision or it is his decision that all that he does, he uses human beings. He uses Moses to move out the children of Israel from Egypt to the promised land. He could have done it it himself. It's the same today. God uses people. He has people in place to accomplish his vision or his purpose. And you are one of people and you are one of the puzzle pieces that completes the picture that God wants to do. Stay with us and listen to the sermon. I believe it will bless you. God is counting on you for his mega plan. We shall read the Bible in the book of Isaiah chapter 49. We'll just read four, six verses from verse 1 to 6. I will be reading from the New King James Version. Listen, O coastlands, to me, and take heed, you peoples, from afar. The Lord has called me from the womb, from the matrix of my mother. He has made mention of my name, and he has made my mouth like sharp, so like a sharp sword. In the shadow of his hand, he has hidden me and made me a polished or a polished shaft. shaft. In his quaver, he has hidden me. And he said to me, You are my servant, O Israel, in whom I will be glorified. Then I said, I have labored in vain. I have spent my strength for nothing and in vain. Yet surely my just reward is with the Lord and my work with my God. And now the Lord says, Who formed me from the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob back to him, so that Israel is gathered to him, for I shall be glorious in the eyes of the Lord, and my God shall be my strength. Indeed, he says, it is too small a thing, Sorry, is it too small a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore uh, the preserved ones of Israel? I will also give you as a light to the Gentiles that that you should be my salvation to the ends of the earth. At school, we normally had science fairs at high school. So I would be one of the students that participated in the science fair time and again. So in this particular year, they, we were preparing for the science fair. And then one of the students that we were with at school said he was going to participate too. His project in the science fair was he was going to build a helicopter. Every time we ask him, he said, no, I'm working on a helicopter. So days went, normally the day before you present, because we would present on a Saturday, normally in Shanganu. So when we worked on it on the Friday night, he tried to fly it 
I think it was a Friday or a Thursday. Now the experiment has to be real. He tried it. The thing never flew. He tried. It never flew. And he got frustrated. What he hoped would work for him, what he had invested his time and his research, and whatever the energy he had put into it didn't take place. So he had to think for another plan, something completely new that will make him participate in the science fair. The title of the message today is God or God is counting on you for his plan. It means there is a big plan that God has that we don't know, but he is very, very clear about it. And he has put different people to work on it, just like a soccer team. There are different people who are playing, but the main goal is that there be a goal scored. Amen. Now, this message is written, you can say it's written to the children of Israel, or to the people afar, which includes us, the Gentiles. It also includes Jesus Christ, if you read verse 5. It, it is a message that is written to people to understand. The first thing that we have to understand here is predestination. God is saying, listen, O coastland, take heed, you peoples from afar. The Lord has called me from the womb. Sometimes as we walk in life, we don't realize that God chose us. Before you came into being, before your parents could see you are here, they receive you, before the little child saying, God knows you. He knows you and he has called you for a certain purpose. Even before the parents see you, you have been called for a certain purpose. That's what the Bible is saying. I called you in the womb. Remember Jeremiah 1 verse 5 where God says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. So God knows or knew you as you are here looking at me. God knew you in that state that this is what you are going to be. Or this is what you are going to fulfill. Jeremiah's purpose was clear that this is what you are going to fulfill. Amen. Now, there is a call or there is a commission for everyone. There are different types of commissions. I'll just define four so we can understand the context and what God is saying to us today. The first call is that for salvation. I think we are all aware of that. Acts 2 verse 39 says, For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are afar, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself, or everyone that the Lord brings to salvation. Called to salvation. Everyone is called to salvation. Then there is a call to a mission, call to God's mission. That's a mission that is revealed in the Bible in the book of Matthew chapter 28 verse 19. The Bible says there, you go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. All of us have been called to make disciples. Now, we narrow the name disciples to focus on preaching to people about Jesus Christ. Whilst that is part of discipleship, but discipleship is broader than that. If you look at the life of Jesus Christ, 
who was making disciples, he specialized in 12 disciples who were close, the apostles, out of the 72, out of the old people who were Christians. But he narrowed it down. So we also have to narrow down our discipleship and bring people to Christ and build them. You, Jesus Christ spent some time with the disciples. He talked to them and he made them to be what it is. The main uh, objective of a teacher or a master, uh, the people, a person who is discipling someone, is that the person be like him. That's maybe a sermon for another day. But the mission, the other mission, is to make people Jesus disciples or of making disciples. The other call that we are called into is the call of a specific ministry. God calls people to a specific ministry. If I can quote David, he was called from the shepherd or from the field, looking up after sheep, to come and lead God's people. That's a call. If you read about Jeremiah that we have just read, the verse we've just read, where God called him to be a prophet. If you're talking about Moses, he was called to lead the Israelites. So God calls us for different ministries. Amen. So each and every one of us, God knew us before we came out of our mother's womb. He knew us. And in that knowledge that he had, he had ordained that you are a prophet, you are a teacher, you are a, 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 a person who cares for, a compassionate person. You are all the spiritual gifts that God has given us. And even beyond and everything, God ordained us to fulfill a certain purpose. Amen. The last call is the call to a specific place where we read about Jonah. Jonah was called to go to Nineveh. I think you are aware of that. There are even many songs about that. But we also know of the, the call of Ananias where he was called and Jesus told him to rise and go straight to the house of Judas to look for a man by the name of Saul. That's a call to his destination. You can't be called to go to preach to U.S. or go to fulfill God's mission in, the, in the Australia or in Malawi or in Zimbabwe, wherever God has called you. Those are different calls. But God has a different or a specific call for each and every one. No one on this earth is just useless and does not have a call. My focus is on the third one, which is this call to the specific ministry. God has called us to this ministry. Before we were, he knew us, and he gave us a name. Amen. Now, if you read the Bible where we just read, God says, for Jacob, if you read Isaiah 45, verse 4, for Jacob, my servant's sake, and Israel, my elect, I have even called you by your name. I have named you, though you did not know me, or you have not known me. Even if you don't know you, me, I have called you by name. Time and again, God, ref God refers to people he had called by name. I, I sent a devotion earlier this week talking about God calling us by name. Just to be known by a name is something that is so precious. Now God says, I have called you by name. I have actually given you a name even before you were born. Are you aware of that? Think of your name. We, we think these names have been given by our parents. And then God comes and claims that the names that you have, I gave you. If you think about, Je about Jesus, maybe let's talk about John. He wouldn't have known that he, has been, he was called John because God told his parents that you would call him John. To him, it was just a name he was given by the parents. Even your name now, the name that you have now, God gave you that name. 
If I can quote three people that were given names, the first one I've quoted is John. If you read Luke chapter 1, verse 13, the Bible says, When the angel of the Lord appeared to Zechariah, he said, You will have a son and you will call his name John. And then he explains why he calls him John. There's a purpose. He declared that John would be filled with the Holy Spirit and he will prepare the way of the Messiah. If you read about Jesus Christ, I think that one is clearer. Uh, Luke one thirty one, it says, when the angel talked to Mary, he said, you will call his name will be Jesus. And there's another one I quote in Genesis 17 verse 19 by the name of uh, Isaac. When the, uh, when the Lord, this time was God talking to us, Abraham, he said, you will have a son and call his name Isaac. Isaac. Then he explains what he, why Isaac. To him, God, he would establish an everlasting covenant with him and his descendants. Amen. So you were born, God knew you before you were born, and he gave you a name, and he gave you an assignment. Each and every one of us, we have assignments to prepare. Amen. Now, there is the preparation stage. He has made my mouth like a sharp sword. Time and again, we, 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 we argue that someone is built in a different way or his way of life is not normal. We, as human beings, we assume there is something that is normal that has to make us to be acceptable in society. But this word reveals that this person has a very, very sharp uh, uh, language or sharp uh, mouth. His, his mouth is sharp as a sword. So whatever he says, he says it with authority. And it's like it, it's cutting between people. If you're talking of a sword, it cuts. It is so sharp. That's the way the person has been made. One of the things that I realized about me is that, I think we once discussed it with my brother, that we have a problem of when we are talking, we are so hard. It's not that we intend to be hard when we're talking to you. It happens naturally. To us, it's normal. We are still just talking. But you find someone, he's crying because you have said something that is so hard to him or her. When I realized that in my life, because to me it was normal, I realized, I remember one elder of the previous church, he said to me, you know, when you do things, this is how you act. And I know this is why you're doing it. But work on this. And when I realized that as if, if it's, it's this way, I should change the way I do things. So I had to change it. Now I knew that in some situations, I don't have to talk. Not because I don't know what to say, but I know my kind of speech has authority and people think I'm, 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 I'm saying something like this. Even in a meeting, you just raise your hand, not knowing you raise your hand and you make a suggestion, you find that everybody says, yeah, this is the good direction. God has created you that way. But it's very important never to abuse that because we are given different things in our lives that God will use them for a certain purpose. Someone is so approachable, so approachable. People can easily relate to you and express their feelings and make you understand that this is what is happening in my life. And these people God has designed for a certain purpose to care for the people that are around. You have a character that God purpose and decided that this is how I'm going to make you to be and for this particular purpose. So let us not be derailed. However, I might say that the devil tries by all means to get into that 
to derail us such that maybe by the people's talk or what people say about our character, we lose ourselves. I must say we don't appreciate rude people and people who are so arrogant. But I would say God has given you that character that you have. You are so unique the way you are. You are unique. And that uniqueness is what is needed to fulfill God's purpose. Now, if you relax and don't act in your uniqueness, in the way you are, there is a missing piece of the puzzle. Amen. Now, when God has chosen you, he has given you in the name, he has given you the purpose, he has actually made you to form that this is how this one is going to be. He then says, now I will protect you. He then protects you. The Bible says, in the shadow of your hand, he has hidden me. God then hides you. There are different ways God he hides you from. He hides you from people who can tarnish you, who can actually crush you in your life. Actually, even people who can kill you. Just like the example, the, the, the testimony. That was going to kill the baby. God has a purpose for the baby. So things, some things will come and crush you. But God put his upper hand and the child is alive. I remember in my life, at some point in time, I was kidnapped. If I died that time, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be preaching to you. But God, through his powerful hand, he protected me. You can count your experiences where God has actually protected you. God has protected you. You might not know from illnesses, from attacks, some of the attacks you don't even know. I always think that when we get to heaven, there are things that we will understand and be amazed at. Wow, this was so big. But God put his hand. Amen. So God then protects you because he knows that I've designed you this way. This is what you are going to do. I will protect you. Amen. In the shadow of his hand. So don't be afraid. God is protecting you. Now he says, then God puts you into a quaver. And his haver, in his quaver, he has hidden me. What would be a quaver? If I can talk in today's language, I think something that I can easily understand. You understand, I don't know what this thing they, they used to carry golf, the, this golf pack kit. You see that thing? That thing I will give you as an example of, of a quaver. Because if they are walking, they put it in their bags, kind of like a backpack, but they put all the sticks here. So whenever they need one, they put it down and they take the quaver, the, 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 the sticks, the one that's needed for that particular shot. So it's exactly like that. That's a quaver. So if just take those golf uh, sticks, you see those golf sticks that are put there, and then for a particular, at the tip of, they use a different one. In a different position, they use a different stick. They know which one is designed for what. So God has put you as one of those sticks in the quaver. At the right time, he will pull it out and use it. And then there's another thing that I'm just leaving behind. He sharpens the quaver. A quaver, you will put your weapons, kind of like a sword or whatever, a spear that you will put there, but something that you use for fighting. But those things you sharpen such that at the right time when you take them out, they are ready to work. Amen. So sharpening in that time involves actually even hammering, which is very painful for the, for the unit. He will hammer it such that it is sharp and sharpen it. When he sharpens something, there are some you lose some iron particles with the fail so that it can be so sharp. So our lives, God sharpens them. He hits them such that they can 
go to the direction or they can be sharp in the way he wants it. The sharpening is not a good thing. Sometimes we feel like giving up. Those sharpenings are our trials in life that want to sharpen our faith in God. Those sharpening things are the different situations that actually encourage us to hold on to the Lord. God sharpens us for his purpose. Amen. Designed for his purpose, made to be his purpose the, way, the purpose the way he wants you. He has protected you and he keeps you in the quiver for the use of the right time. Amen. Now, the purpose of the, of the making is revealed in verse 5. And now the Lord says, who formed me from the womb to be his servant. That's the purpose. To be his servant. Someone who works for God. Other than being the servant, as being a servant, someone who works for someone, it is to bring back Jacob to him so that Israel is gathered to him. That's the purpose. So there is a purpose that God has called you for. And that purpose is that you be a servant. And that servanthood involves that you gather God's people to him. Here it was to gather Jacob to God. Amen. So you have a purpose that God has given to you. And he has made you to be what you are, to think the way you are. He has wired you the way you are, such that you fulfill his purpose and you bring people to God. Amen. Now, as we proceed, there is God's assurance and pride in you. Because I've made these particular things or this particular person. I'm so happy and I'm so uh, trustful that he is going to be. Now, if you read verse 7, it says, and he said to me, you are my servant of Israel, in whom I will be glorified. Amen. You are my servant. Uh, Some other version says, you are, maybe let me just say, you are my servant, but you are the one I have put my trust as God. After being made, God has put the trust and say, you are my servant, you are the one you are supposed to do the thing. He assures you, you are the one, you are my servant. And with you, I will be glorified. With you, people will know me. With you, you, you will show my splendor such that people get to understand who I am. Amen. You are what you are because God wants you to show who you are before him. He assures you, amen. He is so proud of you. When he looks at you, God says, I'm so proud of him. I'm so proud of so-and-so. I'm so much trusting of so-and-so that he will or she will fulfill my, my purpose. So let's work on what God has given us and focus on him, amen. However, there is the challenge in the work. Verse 4 reveals the challenge. The person, after doing the task that God had given him, he felt like giving up. If I can quote the story of Jeremiah in chapter 20, verse 9, it says, Then I said, I will not make mention of him nor speak any more in his name. But his word was in my heart like a burning fire shut up in my bones. I was weary of holding it back and I could not. So Isaiah after doing all the work of the Lord, one of the greatest prophets, he was exhausted or he felt like it's not working. Remember Jonah when he was going to Nineveh, he said, no, this thing doesn't work. People feel sometimes as you work that it doesn't work, but 
For Jeremiah, it couldn't work because the word of the Lord was burning in his heart, was burning in his bones, that he has to do the job. So you have to do the work of the Lord regardless of the feeling, feeling weary and exhausted and feeling like it is not working. Keep working. Keep going because God will reward you. The Bible says in verse 5, verse 4, surely my just, yet surely my just God will reward me. The Lord will reward us. Amen. So we might not be rewarded on this earth, but in heaven we will be rewarded. Amen. Lastly, as part of this sermon is that God will uh, extend your territory. Revealed in verse 16, he says, Indeed, he says, is it too small a thing that you have? It is too small what you have done. Actually, this person or this uh, redeemer thought he had worked and what he had done was actually enough. But God says, it is too small. It is still going to expand. It must expand to the rest of the world. Amen. Now, what does this bring to us? We don't have to be narrow focused in whatever we are doing. Even as you play, you shouldn't play that I will just play in my church. As you play the keys. Or whatever you do, maybe you are prayer, or you are teaching, or you are preaching, or you are singing, or you are doing whatever you are doing for God. Don't think I will just do it in my territory where I'm known, or where I'm effective. God wants to extend that to the world, to the rest of the world. So be encouraged. God's plan is not only for your church or for your locality, but it is beyond and it is global. Amen. So God is counting on you to fulfill his purpose. Now, as we come to a, clear, uh, to a close, I've said that God is counting to you to do whatever you are doing for the global world or for the globe. God predestined us to fulfill his purpose. Everything on this earth, remember, is about God. Everything We make mistakes and think it's about us, but everything on this earth is about God. So God wants us to fulfill his purpose. Amen. God is moving us. God is working on our character. God is sharpening us. We may feel the trial. Sometimes we feel like God has ignored us, is not caring about us, but know very, very well God is involved and he's sharpening you such that if you, as he put you in the quaver, he will need you as sharp as you are. Amen. God protects us from things that will harm us. He protects us and he will also carry us in his quaver for use at the right time and for the right purpose. Let us keep our faith in him. Amen. You might have worked and thought you wasted your time in the work of Christ. Maybe you think you have wasted time in reading the word, preparing and, and doing all your studies or reading whatever you are doing for God or whatever you are doing in society. Because I might explain that it's not calling is not only in the church, but you can be called to the community. Maybe you have been called to be a, politi a politician. God has put politicians, Christian politicians, for his purpose such that they fulfill his will. Amen. And God, as he has called us to these different areas, he's relying on you that I have my child in politics who is going to stand for me and stand for Christ and reveal my glory and reveal my splendor. But the question is, as you are where you are, do you think it is God who has put you there for a purpose? 
The mistake that we do as individuals is that we are here because we are able or we are smart enough or whatever you think has put you to that position. Maybe a politician is because people feel me and have been voted in. Yes, that is, but God has allowed you to be there and has allowed you to be that political leader. As you are that political leader, he is counting on you, as he says here, he is counting on you to reveal his splendor. Think of being trusted by God. Take it from this view that God trusts me for this. So whatever you do, do diligently diligently and respectful, doing it as if you are doing it unto him. If you understand that what I'm doing is because God is counting on me and I'm doing it faithfully, you will be faithful and do it. Amen. Some, uh, as we come to a close, let us not be discouraged by people or by situations and give up what God has given us. He is counting on us to fulfill his mission. Amen. Well, that's the end of the program. I believe God has richly blessed you through his word. Now you know that you are part of God's master plan. But before we close, we always want to give people an opportunity to accept the Lord Jesus Christ and make him the Lord and Savior. If you are one of those people, please say this prayer after me. Father God, I come before you. I confess the sins I've done before you, seen and unseen. I confess that you came on earth on the flesh and you died, you, you came in the flesh, lived on this earth and died on the cross, resurrected to heaven. Thank you, Lord, for this plan. In Jesus' name, I accept you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have prayed that prayer with faith, you are now a child of God. Join a church where they preach the Bible, they preach the true gospel of, or the, the true gospel where Jesus Christ is Lord and your life will be changed and you are destined for heaven and you are, you are now part of the master plan that God has for each and every individual for the greater vision. God bless you. <music>